Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird up the inside. Rock Diamond, wow! Four of them. Here is Rock Diamond and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history trying to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your host Mike Carter, number one thousand for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins, and Mike Bozich. Down to the finish, turn in a game winning the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley and Apple Bottom Jeans one forty nine and two unbelievable. Welcome on into another edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Bozich flying solo here today, and uh, Mike Carter is good. Uh, he just uh, had a doctor's appointment, and uh, everything is fine with him, so that is certainly good news. But uh, the coronavirus uh, continues to have the sport of racing uh, virtually on shutdown, with the exception of one-way track. And that is Cal Expo. We're going to talk a little bit about that coming up a little bit later on in the program. So a good show coming up for you today. Uh, informative show. Once again, uh, coronavirus continuing to be the elephant in the room. Cases have skyrocketed here in the United States. Uh, the death toll is skyrocketed here in the United States and globally, uh, forcing a shutdown of pretty much the country. Not only the sport of harness racing, but the entire country. I think I read the other day where it's close to 54% of the American population is on lockdown. So we will continue with this theme uh, over the next couple of weeks to talk about how harness racing and its participants are dealing with the coronavirus, dealing with uh, the fact that there's no racing pretty much uh, so far uh, the last couple of weeks here in 2020, but we're going to talk to Mike Tanner, the CEO of the United States Trotting Association. 
We're going to uh, kind of get an update on what the USTA is doing, kind of what's going on there, um, how this is affecting their membership and so forth. Plus, we're going to talk to uh, the president of the Pennsylvania Harness Horsemen's Association, Sam Beagle, kind of get an update on how the PHHA uh, is handling the coronavirus epidemic uh, in that particular state. Plus, the managing editor of DRF Harness, our good friend Derek Gibbons, is going to join us. Going to kind of break away a little bit from the coronavirus conversation with him. We're going to kind of jump into some handicapping as we're going to talk uh, Cal Expo. Uh, being that's kind of the only game in town, going to talk about maybe some tips and, and tricks on how to handicap that, maybe some angles. Plus, of course, we'll get into uh, the coronavirus conversation with Derek as well. But before we get into our first time out and uh, Mike Tanner, these are the new numbers, uh, courtesy of uh, – CNN, there is 491,000 total confirmed cases of coronavirus globally. And here in the States, the total confirmed number of cases is 69,210. 638 in the last 24 hours. And the death toll here in the United States is now over 1,000. It's 1,046. So uh, this is Obviously, a, a very, very dangerous uh, pandemic that is going on. Of course, we talked about the, the Fusco family. Of course, all of our condolences here at Post Time with Mike and Mike out to the Fusco family. Just a terrible, terrible tragedy with the loss of uh, Carmine and Vinny and a couple of the other family members there. Of course, the uh, loss of the uh, longtime representative of the New York Harness Horseman, John Brennan. Um, a couple others affected with the coronavirus as well, and just a very, very tragic scenario on how close to home that this is actually hitting. So, you know, once again, it, it kind of is what it is, but we're going to try to get, we're going to try to further understand what the state of harness racing is in week two, as I kind of like to call it, of this coronavirus shutdown. Mike Tanner, the CEO of the USTA's Neon Deck Circle, Sam Beagle, Derek Givner, they're all going to be here on a can't-miss edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. We'll be back in just a moment. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging MOA! Charging hard at the 
Winback Farm of Ontario is proud to welcome four exciting new stallions for 2020. Jamie Freight, a 2018 O'Brien Award winner, and the winner of the Dayton Pacing Derby and Mohawk Gold Cup. Nick Wicked, the 2018 Horse of the Year in U.S. and Canada, the richest pacing stallion in harness racing history. Stag Party is a 2018 O'Brien Award winner, and the winner of the Metro Pace. And the Bank, son of two millionaires, Donato Hanover and Lantern Kronos, and a Breeders' Crown and Stanley Dancer champion. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich flying solo here today, and uh, the coronavirus shutdown continues. Uh, this is our second consecutive show on this particular issue, and right now we are joined by the CEO of the United States Running Association, Mike Tanner. And Mike, I'll tell you, this thing has uh, really taken on a life of its own. It's shut down not only the sport of harness racing, but pretty much uh, a large population of this country. You've been through a lot of situations. Have you ever seen anything like this, my friend? No, not, nothing like this in my life. Um, nowhere even close. I don't think any of us have. Um, and so we're we're all kind of in uncharted waters together. Let's talk a little bit about how the USTA is currently operating through the uh, pandemic. Kind of give us an update on uh, what's going on with the United States Trotting Association during this whole thing. Sure. Virtually all of our staff is working from home and has been for almost two weeks now. We had an emergency uh, plan that had been in place um, for a couple of years. We've never really had to use it. It originally started as as being um, put together to take care of uh, weather emergencies, things like that. Um, but we were we've been fully capable of working away from the office and delivering service at our normal levels for a couple of years now. So proud of the staff for that. We've got a couple of people in the office, only five, uh, and they're at opposite sides of the building and not really interacting with each other. We've got a couple of people in finance because uh, invoices need to be processed and bills need to be paid. Uh, we have one person who's taking deliveries, operating the mailroom uh, downstairs. Um, my administrative assistant is kind of quarterbacking um, interactions between um, well, electronic interactions that is between staff and myself and directors, uh, and we have uh, one member of IT and or one member of member services operating downstairs. But we are following all of the protocols recommended by the state of Ohio and by our our other leaders. Um, and uh, I, about the only silver lining out of this that I can see. Um, is that the plan that we put together is is working beautifully. Um, I just hope it doesn't have to work beautifully for much longer. For uh, Mike, for some of the USTA members uh, that are listening, what's kind of the, the the one thing, or maybe a couple of things that you want to want them to know specifically? Um, well, first thing, as as the hashtag that that we put out indicates, we are all in this together. Um, that the racing industry is so interconnected um, and we're all going to have to make sacrifices um, and pull back in certain areas Um, and the USTA is no different. I've got a meeting uh, today with our CFO, a virtual meeting I should say, you know, over the phone, obviously we're not in the same room, uh, with our CFO and COO as we refine the budget that will go before the finance committee next week. Um, As you might know, Mike, we, we had to 
cancel our in-person meeting, and so we're operating without a budget right now, and clearly things have changed, and our assumptions and our estimates uh, going forward have changed, and we're going to have to adjust to that. Um, the second thing that I would want everybody to know is that service delivery will continue uninterrupted. Um, although there's only one track actively racing right now, there's still a lot of business going on in the industry, and, and we're central to that, and we're there for our members. We also see ourselves as being um, kind of a font of information in terms of best practices, keeping people updated regarding track closures, track openings, hopefully um, how uh, individuals can best protect themselves from this, um, and we want people to be engaged with the sport of harness racing. One of our fears, I think, and any business would be, is when you essentially shut down, when you reopen, are all your customers going to be there? Are all your participants right. going to be there? We will be doing all that we can to ensure that they are. You know, it, it, you talked about you know a little bit of uh, a silver lining, and I and I you know, I think the situation's kind of given racing. I mean, some national exposure, obviously. I mean, you know, you've got ESPN, you've got some of the, you know, major networks now that are seeking programming because of a lot of the major sports shutting down. H how can racing kind of capitalize on that coverage to market itself? Tough to say about that. I mean, the, the exposure is, is, is very good for us, although it is concentrated upon just a, a limited number of tracks. I think from a betting perspective, what you're seeing is smaller tracks featuring bigger pools. You might have, there might be certain signals that you couldn't bet into seriously before um, without fear of hurting your odds. I, I'll give you an example. Just on the thoroughbred side, Foner Park is, is not exactly Gulfstream or Oakwan in terms of pool size, and yet the other day they were over a million dollars. I heard Will Rogers Downs was over two million. Now, Cal Expo is seeking to move their um, races to Tuesday and Wednesday when they will be the only track operating in the country. Um, I think Chris Schick, who runs Cal Expo, does a terrific job at featuring his product. I know that he's made arrangements uh, with TrackMaster to make data available. We will do everything on our side of the equation to let people know that they're operating. The tough part about it is there's a fairly steep learning curve to become a horse player. Um, it's not as simple as pressing a slot machine button or pulling a lever. You can present somebody with past performances, but if they don't know how to read them, that's a bit of a challenge. What I'm finding, Mike, is that I, I, I'm getting phone calls from what I say lapsed fans or very occasional fans, um, sports fans who are now bored and know a bit about racing, and now they're paying attention. had a friend of mine just open an ADW account the other day because he wanted to bet on races from Foner Park, and he will bet on races from Cal Expo. I think if we can engage some of those people, um, then there, there's some short-term gains there. None of us know how long the situation will last, so it's kind of hard to market around it. You know, it, it, to get people used to looking at Cal Expo as the only betting option in the country on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, that that could not be the case in two or three weeks, let's say, or it could be the case going on even longer. Uh, so there's that challenge in terms of, of um, expected regularity. But uh, as you point out, um, there's not a lot of competition out there, and we're going to have a lot of new eyes on the sport. Visiting with Mike Tanner, the CEO of the USTA, and uh, Mike, I was talking to somebody the other day, and uh, they brought up a very good point that we are right now in the middle of a history lesson. What is something you think the industry can learn from dealing with this uh, this pandemic? Boy, that's tough to say because it's the the, the crisis. Um, this one in particular is not of our own making. Um, it's something that comes from entirely outside the industry. Um, 
I, and I, I mean, we can talk about uh, about overarching themes about not taking things for granted and saving something for a rainy day and things like that. Um, but I, I think this is an exercise of of trying to deal with things that are uncontrollable. Here's one thing, though, Mike, that I think is controllable and is within our grasp, and it's kind of been pushed off to the back pages ever since the coronavirus exploded, and those are the recent federal indictments of of, um, several leading trainers in harness racing, to mention nothing of the thoroughbred side. Um, That's something that's within our own house and that we do need to clean up. Um, We've continued to get phone calls uh, from people uh, with tips, uh, if you will, um, and we have passed on that information plus some other things uh, that we were able to dig up onto the investigators. The federal investigators are still in touch with us. I, I don't think the situation is necessarily over. I think anybody with any knowledge that's going on in the game that is not on the up and up and not on the level um, should reach out, and whether that's to us or whether directly to the investigators, the FBI, the racing commissions, whoever. Um, if you see something, say something. Don't expect that this has gone away simply because our our, our concerns are, are greater at this point, uh, leaning towards our own physical safety. So that is, that's another thing that we internally have had a lot of conversations about um, and that we need to address when we come out of this and, and try to work on even when we're in it uh, because the game will not um, thrive and it will be threatened uh, if if there are those within it who would cheat the game and who would mistreat horses. So, again, let me stress that everything so far is alleged. I understand that. You're going to hear that word a lot, alleged. Um, but if this isn't a wake-up call for those of us in the industry to do something, and I mean everybody, not just the USDA, not just racetracks, not just the racing commissions, uh, I don't know what is. Good stuff. Mike, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And, uh, ha- you know, how's this whole thing kind of uh, affected you guys? I mean, I, I mean, you're personally, I mean, I manage, imagine you'd, you're probably like everybody else, kind of taking precautions and uh, washing your hands like I do about 40 times a day. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I've, I've developed uh, some, uh, some OCD uh, tendencies for sure. Um, I think it's, I'm, I'm grateful that my wife and I have a great relationship because we're seeing a whole lot of each other now. Um, and it's, it's, it is disconcerting from a personal level because we have adult kids who are uh, in various parts of the U.S. and my parents are aged and, and are back in New Jersey and you worry about them. Um, again, we're all in this together. Um, we, we all have similar concerns and similar issues, I think. And the bottom line to all of this uh, is to stay safe and, and follow the advice that the experts are giving us. Let's get through this, uh, and then we'll get back to racing, and we'll get back to addressing all the problems and, and the opportunities that I think we have. Mike, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. And uh, listen, we'll get through this, buddy. We'll get through it. I look forward to seeing you sometime this summer, Mike, and thank you for having me on. All right. That was the CEO of the United States Trotting Association, Mike Tanner. Good, good stuff. Uh right there from uh, the CEO of the USTA. Still lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Bet America. Sam Beagle will be joining us, the president of the Pennsylvania Harness Horsemen's Association. We're going to get an update from him on uh, how that particular horseman's organization is handling the coronavirus. Also, the managing editor of DRF Harness, our good friend, Derek Gibner. Is going to be joining us as well. You've got most time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Back in just a moment. 
Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike, are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post up. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling property call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Bozich flying solo here today. Uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike, as always, is presented by our good friends at the United States Trotting Association and Pet America. Right now, we're joined by the president of the Pennsylvania Harness Horsemen's Association, Sam Beagle. Sam, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. I'm 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 staying uh, I'm standing in uh, isolation. Yeah, kind of like all of us are now with uh, I'm doing, yeah, a major I'm part of the, the governor's telling me to do. Yes. Uh, yeah, a major part of the population, of course, on shutdown. But uh, you know, Sam, uh, kind of tell us about the role that the that the Pennsylvania Harness Horsemen Association is playing in in kind of assisting the horsemen and, and horsewomen during this uh, this difficult time. Well, we we understand this is a very difficult, especially because no one knows exactly how long this will last. The first thing we did is that the races that were canceled at Pocono that were programmed, we paid out a part of those purses to all program owners, trainers, and drivers. Most recently, we alerted all of our members who are on the PHHA health insurance program that their premium for April will not be billed. The staff has moved to working more remotely but can still be reached as usual. They are monitoring all state and federal legislation to see how it can be of benefit to all horsemen. We are in constant communication with commission and track leaders to make sure we all stay on the same page. Yeah, very, very important. And, of course, we, we talked to Mike Tan. And actually, the, the, the unity uh, across the board in the sport of harness racing, I think, has been really uh, key and crucial during this time. Sam, what uh, what precautions is uh, is the PHHA recommending that uh, the horsewomen and ho- horsemen and horsewomen take during this time? Well, I, 
I, I think everyone needs to listen to what the government and health officials are saying. Social distancing seems to be a popular term right now, and it seems to be the way to go. Also, wash your hands, cover your mouth when you cough and sneeze, and if you feel sick, stay at home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's – uh... You know, it, yeah, it's, it, I like I was telling Mike Tanner <laughs> about 40 times a day now washing the hands and, and doing all that kind of stuff. You know, on a personal level, Sam, of course, you you, you know, you have a stable of your own. And, and obviously, I, I think every stable is kind of dealing with this thing a little bit differently. How is kind of affecting training on your end? Well, I, I'm an optimistic person by nature. And, and, uh, and I, I don't think I'd be in a horse game if I wasn't. So, so uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm training my two-year-olds just like I would train them normally, and they're not going to race till the 10th or 15th of June anyway. So I'm I'm on schedule to be where I should be, and my three-year-olds, uh, I've just sort of of uh, slowed down with them a little bit, and uh, but but I haven't backed up, and and when we get to you know as we come near to some of these dates that are coming up. I'm sure that the uh, Pennsylvania uh, Horse Racing Commission and the and their uh, their uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the right the the, uh, the committees that that control the breeding and the horse the, the sire stakes and stuff will will look at this as it gets closer and if we need to move it back we'll move it back we'll, we're, we're going to do what makes common sense. Yeah, and of course, uh, safety obviously at the forefront. Sam, before we let you go, any recommendations or anything that that uh, maybe you could uh, tell the PA horseman? Any any uh, words of wisdom, so to speak? <laughs> I don't know how much wisdom I got, but but at, at the end of the day, uh, the main thing is to stay safe and follow the health recommendations, even though you don't agree with them. You need to follow them and. And like here in Pennsylvania, you know, we, we have them, uh, uh, I think, in the western part of the state, we're in pretty good shape. And in the eastern part of the state, we're not. And, and I think, you know, we're, we're more populated areas. So we need, to, we need to follow what they tell us to do, the health officials, and, and let's see if we can't flatten that curve. President of the PHHA, Sam Beagle. Sam, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll all get through it together, my friend. I, I agree. I agree. Thank you very much for having me. All right. That was Sam Beagle, the PA, the uh, president of the Pennsylvania Harness Horsemen's Association. This just coming over uh, as of this morning, uh, 9.05. This from uh, our very good friend, uh, Moira Fanning from the Hamiltonian Society. And uh, it says, after careful and extensive consideration, the Hamiltonian Society, in conjunction with the Meadowlands, the Red Vial, Little Brown Jug Society, and other industry clients, partners, and stakeholders have concluded that the April 15th payment deadline for stake and early closes will remain intact. So um, keep that in mind when uh, you're keeping your stake payments in mind that April 15th date, still that deadline, still intact. Lots left to come on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA Darren Gibner, the managing editor of the Daily Racing Forum will be joining us. Of course, we're going to talk about the popular subject of the day and of course uh, the effect that coronavirus is having on the sport of harness racing. We'll see how that's kind of affecting some of the media, if you will. And so we'll see how that's affecting life at DRF. Plus, we're going to 
change gears a little bit because, you know, a little bit of coronavirus overkill the last couple of weeks. We'll talk uh, maybe some handicapping. The last track standing in the sport of harness racing right now is our good friends out in Sacramento, California, Cal Expo. And we'll talk about some of the angles that Derek uses when he attacks that particular racetrack from a handicapping and gambling point of view. You got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Bet America. Back with more in a moment. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging MOA, charging hard at Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Win Bank of Delaware's Stallion lineup offers 12 proven stallions for the first state. Classic Carn Shark is a proven sire of stakes winners. He is a full brother to both Better's Delight and Roll with Joe. Roddy's Bangs Again is a sire of multiple DSBF final winners, including $675,000 winner Perfect Bangs. I'm Linda Cicano. I was the trainer of Heston Bluechip for his whole career, and I have nothing but good things to say about Heston. He was a professional horse from the day he started. Heston Bluechip is the sire of multiple stakes winners, including 2019 New York Sire Stakes champion and $980,000 winner Zero Tolerance. For more information on stallions, including breeding contracts, visit winbackfarm.com. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Every dream has a start. And this one is ours. To trot and pace fast, faster than all the others, and maybe faster than any horse ever has. With every stride, 1,200 pounds of pure equine determination. In every turn, there's a tale. Every bet is a hope. No five-year returns, no annuities, 401ks. Return on investment comes in seconds. Maybe they say that the odds are against you. But you know nothing great comes easy. Winners don't second guess. They sprint through openings and dig in deeper when the going's tough. No horse ever rides alone. 
the owners, the driver, the groom, and you. There are no sidelines here. The world is often full of many compromises, but not here. Not on this day. Not in this race. Not with this horse. Not in this sport. Once you feel it, it becomes you. Once you become it, your dream becomes ours. This is Harness Racing. We welcome you to the Harness Racing Fan Zone. See it all for yourself. Feel it in all the passion. Share that experience with others. And be a part of it all. The Harness Racing Fan Zone puts you in the driver's seat. back on both time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USDA. Mike Bozich flying solo today and continuing as we did last week on the topic of the coronavirus and how it is affecting the sport of harness racing right now. We're joined by the managing editor of the Daily Racing Forum, Darren Gibner. And uh, Derek, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we last had you on the show in the early part of February, and uh, this obviously was not even on the radar. We were talking about some, you know, perhaps some two, three-year-olds that we could look forward to in the racing season, and uh, right now we're sitting on coming up on, we're right shy of April, and uh, well, we, we really don't have a racing season right now. Yeah, things kind of turned around in a hurry, didn't they? Yeah, no question about it. And, uh, you know, we, we've been talking over the past couple of weeks to uh, various heads of horsemen's organizations, the head of the uh, USTA. Uh, we had Ron Burke. I mean, just all kind of uh, different people and how they're kind of dealing with it. But you're kind of the first one that we've talked to from the media and how how has this kind of changed things for you? I mean, I I know that, you know, now that we're kind of not really writing about racing that, you know, you, you guys have kind of had to get creative. Yeah. I mean, uh, the first couple of weeks, it was like, like a nonstop, you know, pouring of, you know, news and information with the indictments and then all this, you know, coronavirus stuff. It was like you were pulling your hair out trying to keep up with all the information because it was coming in so fast, tracks were closing left and right. And, um, it was kind of hectic, and then, you know, it was a week of, like, kind of just writing about, okay, what does the coronavirus mean for the industry and stuff, and now I'm starting to get to the point, and you'll see in the newsletter we put out today, you know, I'm at the point where let's try to think of something, you know, uh, more positive and brighter uh, along the theme of your show, you know. Let's try to think of some good memories and, and think of some good things that are to come rather than um, harp on what we know is here and is going to be here probably if you ask me, probably another four to five weeks from the East Coast. Yeah, I mean, it is just, I mean, what it's done to New York City, it's just, it's unbelievable, kind of uh, become the epicenter there. And, of course, uh, you know, how close to home it's it with the with the Fusco family and, and John Brennan and, of course, Joe Feraldo now testing positive and, and uh, a couple of other people. Uh, Derek, how kind of, how has this kind of uh, affected you personally? I mean, I, I'd imagine you're probably, uh, taking precautions, washing the hands uh, 20, 30 times a day like uh, like the rest of us, right? 
Well, I, I don't have to wash my hands that much because I never leave the house anymore. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I don't think I've left the house since Friday. Uh, Friday, I went to the bank on Friday, and uh, I, I don't think I've left the house since then other than maybe to walk around the block or to have a catch with my daughter. That's about it. Other than that, I've been just sitting at home. Um, my work schedule really hasn't changed much. Um, still putting out the newsletter each week. Um, they can sign up, drf.com slash harness. There's a sign-up link on there. And uh, instead of doing the Meadowlands analysis, I've switched to Cal Expo analysis. So basically my work schedule is exactly the same other than the fact that my uh, wife and kids are home all the time. Yeah, you know, that's a good thing. I'm glad you mentioned that, Derek, because we're actually going to get into some Cal Expo handicapping here in, in just a moment. But uh, something that came across yesterday, uh, wanted to get your opinion on, and this was the uh, press release from the Meadowlands from uh, East Rutherford, and, and Mike Tanner touched on the indictments uh, as well uh, during his segment. But uh, the press release coming out yesterday basically was pretty short and sweet, and it said, be advised that any horse that – was being trained was being trained by a trainer named in the recent federal indictments at the time those indictments were handed down will not be accepted to race the Meadowlands, Tioga, or Vernon in overnights or stakes for 60 days from the date that the tracks reopened for live racing. So in other words, to to uh, put it even shorter, suspending the horse. And this has been something that has been talked about uh, over the past couple of years. Maybe suspending the horse is the way to go. How, what say you? Um, I'm not really opposed to suspending the horse. I think that in this particular case, there's an added wrinkle in here because some of these horses have paid money into stakes. And right. if you made a stakes payment with a trainer you thought, I'm not saying whether people knew or didn't know, but a trainer you thought to be okay and legal to race at the Meadowlands and you made a stakes payment, and now because of the coronavirus, this could last, let's say the Meadowlands reopens May 15th. I don't know. I'm just picking a random day. Right. Does that mean come Meadowlands pace night, you can't race your stakes horse that you thought you had with a legal trainer because of this? Uh, and maybe you lose your stakes payment. I, I don't know, you know, what the underlying situation will be. I guess that's up to the Meadowlands and they'll have to make a decision. I did reach out to Jeff Corral and ask him about it and, he said they didn't expect to be closed at this time when the policy was made. So perhaps that means there's some room for um, some wiggle room there to change things up if this uh, affects that. Visiting with Derek Gibbon, the managing editor of the DRF. Derek, let's uh, let's switch topics a little bit and let's talk about the last track standing, so to speak, Cal Expo, and and obviously now that has gotten. Uh, if you're a harness racing handicapper, uh, you know it's it's caught your eye because it's the only racetrack going. And uh, you've done some analysis for for uh, Calix as well. So talk a little bit about maybe some of your tips and tricks on how to attack Cal Expo from a handicapping point of view. I think Cal Expo, in a lot of ways, is is a, a different animal, if you pardon the pun, than a lot of other places as far as handicapping goes. I think in most tracks, the class system is very much set in place, and you can rely on it. You know, if you're going from Nine one is a seventy five hundred at the Meadowlands, and nine one is a five thousand. It's a true class drop, and you know it's set in stone that that horse will usually race a little bit better. Um, I don't think it works the same way at, at Cal Expo. Um, 
There are certain classes where it works better. If you're going from nominas of 2,000 to nominas of 500, which is the basement condition, yeah, you're most likely going to show some improvement. But these smaller moves up, nominas of 1,500 to nominas of 2,000, nominas of 2,000, nominas of 3,000, the differences in the class aren't that great because of the earnings amounts are so much smaller. So these horses can jump up and win a nominees of two, then a nominees of three, then a nominees of 4,000 race, whereas at other tracks, horses don't typically jump up the conditions quite as quickly and easily. Derek, Cal Expo is one of those places where horses uh, face each other pretty much all the time. I mean, it's kind of like an island on its own where you don't really have – I mean, with the exception of the running aces stock, when their meet closes, uh, you don't really have a, a whole lot of uh, shippers coming from a whole lot of uh, different racetracks like you do on tracks here on the East Coast. How does that kind of affect things? Um. You know what? It, it actually, I think it makes it easier. I mean, because it gives you the opportunity to become familiar with all the horses. There aren't as many variables, you know, from, let's say, if you're uh, at a track like Yonkers or, or Meadowlands or Pocono, where horses are coming in from every track. You have to try and figure out, how does this horse match up with the current horses they're facing? Whereas at Cal Expo, that really rarely comes into play. At the beginning of the meet, yeah, it's difficult, because you have horses coming in from Canada and Alberta and, and Minnesota and Hoosier, and you have to figure out, you know, how do all these pieces fit into the puzzle? You know, once you start getting towards the end of December, when these horses have been facing each other for four, five, six weeks already, you much know which horse which, how they fit into each class, and, and what kind of styles they have. So it really, I think Cal Expo in some ways, in some respects, is a little bit easier to handicap because of that, because they're they're all the same horses. And then you have to look at each field and decide, you know, how do these horses fit in? Where did they race last week? What was the company they were racing against last week? And, you know, you can have a clearer picture as to how to proceed. Derek, given to the man, managing editor of the DRF. Derek, we certainly appreciate it. Of course, before we let you go, as always, uh, where can we find the uh, – what's the easiest way to get a hold of uh, the DRF uh, newsletter? Yeah, you can go on to uh, drf.com slash harness and uh, just click uh, right on the top of the page. There's a button that says newsletter in the uh, menu bar. And if you click on it, it'll take you to our homepage, and there's a sign-up right there. It's nice and easy. Um, it really takes about, I don't know, maybe a second and a half to sign up. Um, I don't know if you guys have mentioned it on the show, but I see up on Twitter that uh, um, as far as thoroughbred racing, jockey Javier Castellano uh, has COVID-19 tested positive on Tuesday. Oh so I don't know how that affects Gulfstream or any other thoroughbred track, but it could, obviously. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Well, Derek, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend, and uh, stay healthy, will you? You too, uh, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on, and, um, you know, stay home. That's that's the best advice. Two words. Stay home. Thanks, Derek. Thanks. Have a good one. Oh boy, stay home. Yeah. Um. Once again, uh, breaking news right there uh, from Darren Kibner, uh Javier Castellano testing positive for uh, the coronavirus. Of course, uh, one of the most uh, one of the more popular thoroughbred jockeys out there. So, oh boy, this thing just continues to closer and closer. Home. Stay safe out there. Follow your precautions. And uh, 
wash your hands a lot. I guess that's about the only advice I could give. Uh, still uh, got a little bit left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USDA. We're going to wrap this thing up when we come back. Don't go anywhere. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. All right, back to wrap this thing up on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Special thanks to our guests taking us through week two of the shutdown, so to speak. Mike Tanner, Sam Beagle, and Derek Givner. Once again, everybody stay safe. Coronavirus will probably be on the agenda next week when we talk to more participants in the harness racing industry about how the coronavirus is affecting them. We'll see you next Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good day, everybody. Stay here I know